Before Tiara and I begin, we would like to acknowledge that we are currently in the land of the Darug, Gurungai, and Gadigal people of the Ori Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Not To Be Controversial. It's been a little while. Tiara and I talked about this and we said we're not going to apologize because life got busy and things have happened, major things have happened. Tiara, you've started a new new little job, haven't you? Yeah, I have. And How exciting. decided to move out and leave me in the North Shore by myself. Yeah, so... No, it's been great. Um, And then I also went travelling between that, I think, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God. How was your international travel? My international travel was wonderful. <laughs> um, so basically, I went on a Kentucky trip. I will never go on a Kentucky trip again. I think they're suited to some people, not suited to me. And my little need, like my, my inability to socialize that much and also go clubbing that much like all these other people want to do when they travel. So I will not be going on one again, but it was a good experience. And I had a friend with me, so it was fine. Um, but yeah. Mm, yeah, and it looked very fun. Yeah, it was good. It was great. So did did Southeast Asia. Um, had a good time. Great, good vibes. And then moving out has basically occupied every single brain cell in my brain. And then I also changed jobs as well. So it's all been happening. Yeah, you also changed jobs. It's been quite a transformative four months now, I say, because we record this on the second last day of March so I'm just gonna say four months even though it's been three months it has been that's, a bit it's been a it's been a bit it's been a bit of a shift that's actually insane that that was almost four months ago I can't I can't it even... doesn't feel like it yeah yeah wild okay okay well it, today's episode is gonna be about it, just just living um so Tiara is gonna be talking a little bit to us about the cost of living crisis that we're in at the moment um because that that's a fun fun thing happening um we're also going to go into moving out and independence and the sadness you experience with it and just trying to make life happen at these difficult times and i feel like all all the times in this world have been difficult but i think the fact that we're living through this right now you know and the fact that we can complain about it makes it more accessible to us so yeah that's the vibe um do you want to do you want to kick us off with the cost of living crisis yeah sure so today i kind of wanted to discuss my experience or even vasha's our experience with the cost of living crisis in new south wales and how we have fared on with our lives in respect to this ongoing issue i also wanted to give a disclaimer that we're not experts at all nor are we speaking for on behalf of or representing any entity or organization but i merely wanted to talk about the issue itself and how pervasive it is so the cost of living crisis itself is fundamentally caused by higher inflation and low low wage growth so there are so many households worse off in sydney because of higher inflation because of cost and demand and the crisis has been exacerbated by factors such as you know the ukraine war the low productivity growth the global chain 
And all of this has put pressure on living standards and just exponentially skyrocketed prices. And you can see that in the property market in Sydney, especially in New South Wales today, rent is unnecessarily expensive and houses uh, start at a rate of maybe like $1 million if you're lucky. So just thinking about that, the property market, I wanted to ask someone my age who's moved out recently, who is renting, of course. So, Varsha. Oh, hi. What was your experience in looking for places to live during this time? Because it was hard and I was, we were on the phone to each other just talking about how you would go to open houses, how you were looking for places within your budget so how did you fare throughout that period where you were just looking for places? Okay, I'm not going to lie. I think that in my situation, there was more stress and pressure in the lead up to actually looking for places just because of the, the whole thing of moving out in itself. And I know that like, probably for a year before I actually moved out, I'd been calculating and budgeting how much I would need to actually move out and what that looked like for me. So that meant including things like Wi-Fi and grocery bills and, you know, going on nights out or like doing anything. Um, And then also figuring out like, okay, what would my rent kind of look like then? And when I started looking at what my rent budget was we weren't in such a bad situation in terms of inflation and everything um so it was a it was a little cheaper and then i was like okay look we're all a little bit fucked here (laughs) inflation (laughs) um landlords are really making making the money um but the amount that i wanted to spend on my rent was like stayed pretty similar and I was pretty lucky in the sense that um, the rent that I'm paying now is actually like exactly what I wanted within my budget. Um, obviously, like the cheaper, the better and everything. But in terms of where I like the location that I'm in, um, the people that I live with, everything like that has been really, really good. But one thing I have found now, like completely moving out and everything is there's just lots of expenses that pop up. And I know that people are always like, oh, you know, obviously you're going to have like miscellaneous expenses, like you'll need a spatula or, you know, these things and blah, blah, blah. But it's also like, there's a lot of stress that happens with moving out, like emotional stress, which then affects your ability (laughs) to do like little things during the day that maybe you wouldn't have spent money on before. But now I'm finding that like, I have a tendency to lose things more than ever at the moment. Um, I've been losing a lot of things. If you know, you know. Um, and that means that I've had to obviously replace these things because there are things that I like cannot go without. Um, so that that's added to, to the cost and inflation has definitely made that worse because it just costs more. But in terms of open houses and everything, um, the way I did it was like the housemates and I that I was looking with we just we only went to open houses that were exactly within our budget if they were like a little bit above then we were like oh maybe we'll check it out but they weren't on top of the priority list anything exactly on our budget or below were the ones that we went to um and the biggest consideration for us was like obviously like yeah rent price but then also is a place really like far away and those sorts of things because 
yeah, cost of living crisis exists, but that doesn't mean that you can go and live in the cheapest place possible because there are other factors that also exist, like being able to go to things that you need to. And I've just ranted about nothing here. But basically, yeah, I feel like I got quite lucky in the sense that um, I was able to get a place that actually fit within my budget pretty well. Yeah, very, very lucky. You also worked very hard, though. Like, you did the work, you did all the calls, you went to all the open houses. You were really strategic with how you approached things as well, just from how I watched you, you know, do your calculations and figure things out. So props to you. And also, your house is awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I love living here. I'm so, so happy. Um, I know that money is definitely a thing and I'm very lucky to be in a situation where I have the funds to obviously live out, live um, instead of like living with family, like about of that. Um, but I think sometimes it's either pay the rent or pay through your mental health. And when I mean paying through your mental health, it's not like, oh, I have to live with certain family members or anything. Like for me, it definitely was a thing of like, wanting independence and then also being closer to things because I knew how much time I was spending on transport and all of that and then also the independence obviously that was like a major factor not that I didn't have it before but I think when you are moved out it is a different sort of independence at least in my experience it's been like that so far and obviously I'm gonna do another privilege disclaimer but it is a lot of privilege to be able to be like, oh, now I have like a newfound sense of independence. But yeah, it's it's done. It's been good. It's been good. There's definitely been lots of ups and downs, um, because big life changes <laughs> things. Um, but yeah, it's been good overall. And I would also say like savings are so so fucking important. Like please save your money. I've been working since I yes, was fifteen. Um and when I was living um, with family, I was so, so lucky that I didn't have to pay rent or, like, pay for most things. Um, so I had it really, really easy. Um, but if you're also in a similar situation, because I feel like with brown people, we don't usually pay rent at home. Like, there are obviously exceptions and everything, but generally we don't pay rent at home. So if... Nah, parents are nice. They don't make Yeah, I know, rent. but, like, you're paying in other ways sometimes, yeah. you know? <laughs> Yeah. yeah um but like actually save your money <laughs> don't just because you're not paying rent don't blow it up because I yeah yeah I feel like it's not a very brown thing to do anyway but if you can save please do save because now I'm just so appreciative for the fact that I do have savings and that when I do lose things that I you know like it sucks and I hate myself for actually losing them but I know that I can replace them. Or like, I know that, you know, if I have an, uh, an unplanned going out thing that I have the funds for it. Um, so yeah, like I would just say, please save, like save your savings and, and like work if you have the time to work. Obviously don't burn yourself out, but if you can work and you're like, I know that I can make some time and, and get some things done and get some money, then do that. That is so true. I don't think I realise just how important and vital it is to have, to delegate a significant or at least a fair amount of your earnings per month to your savings until I actually got a real mm. job, a real job that was considered making adult money. I realised I am privileged that I don't have to pay rent 
monetary rent. But I still want to be able to rent in the near future. And I also want to be able to afford property in Sydney, which something it's something that me and my partner were talking about, actually. You know that, okay, sorry, just before I get into my little story time, I kept hearing the word inflation so much, even before COVID a little bit, I would hear it. I learned the terms definition, not in, entirely, I probably wasn't paying attention in, in HSC, <laughs> year 12 modern history where we were talking about the great depression and the inflation at the time the immense inflation at the time you do remember i did sure did did they teach you about the great depression and how germany had all these reparations to pay so when they explained inflation to me i was really stupid and at one point during this time, mind you, it was a long time ago, so maybe people didn't have much general in intelligence on monetary value and how money works, but they kept printing. People in Germany, if I remember correctly, I probably may have uh, misplaced the country that actually did it. I thought I think it was Germany. Yeah, it was Germany. Germany just kept... Yeah, they just kept printing money and money and money and money. And my 17-year-old brain was just thinking, how is that a problem? Like, they're just printing more money. Doesn't that make everyone... Doesn't that give people more money? No, that's not how inflation works. I did a single OLE course last year called Economics of the Everyday. Highly recommended. It. it was actually very educational. If you don't do economics, still give it a go if you go to UCID. Or if you don't go to UCID and you go to a different uni... Think about taking an economics course or business course at least once. Very educational. So inflation was explained to me at the rate as the rate at which the general level of prices for goods and services continue to rise. Uh, and consequently, the purchasing power of currency is just continually decreasing and falling. So 10 years ago, $50 worth of groceries, hypothetically, would be a cart full of groceries. Whereas today, I realise when I go to Woolworths and I buy 10 things, it's at least worth 55 to 50, like $50 to $55. Have you realised that? I sure have. And after moving out especially, um, there are just certain things that I'm like, oh, this would normally be in the house and like in the family house that now I need to think about. Um, and it's not only that you need to make time for like a midweek shop, um, because I'm just realizing like, oh, I go through certain things a lot quicker than I actually d knew of. Um, and it's like, you'll need to make time for a midweek shop, but then you're also like, wait, like, so how does this add up? If I'm doing a weekend shop and a midweek shop, then what does this actually mean? What does this actually look like? Um, so I feel like you see the prices and the, the way that inflation affects you then. Um, yeah, but I definitely don't have it as bad at all as some other people it's just been like a new experience in in the little things that add up yeah yeah you've realized that things are uh costs are more frequent than not you've realized when you while you're living by yeah because i think i thought that when i moved out a lot of my costs like a lot of the costs would probably decrease because you know i'm like a lot of the time it's just like me who's eating some of these foods and stuff but it actually isn't the case because like 
you just go through things quicker. I found that my diet changed a little bit as well, like the things that I was eating and all of that. Um, so yeah, there's just been like so many changes that happened that you probably don't even notice that I probably still haven't noticed um and will only in a year time being like hmm okay like I don't buy that one thing or I buy this thing now whatever it is and the way that like obviously cost changes as well and I I'm asking you property related questions because there's this there, there has been this ongoing joke in relation to our generation so Gen Z I believe that we will actually never be able to properly afford property in our lives if the market keeps going as it is then maybe we might do you think that's true probably I don't think most of us will be able to. I don't know if I'll be able to. Um, and it's funny because, like, I guess one of the biggest arguments against um, moving out is always, like, you could put it down for a housing deposit. And I'm like, mate, like, <laughs> you're dreaming. <laughs> you're actually dreaming. Because I feel like even if you saved up all of your money, it should just... It's just so, so incredibly difficult to crack into that market. And I don't know anything about property. So if I'm saying this, then, then yeah, I don't know. I just... I just think it's it's so insanely difficult to like get a loan to do any of that and we also have student debts like if you're going to uni whatever it is like you will probably have a hex debt or a help debt whatever you, it's called um and those things add up and yeah and then it's also like you just have to make day-to-day -day living and it's not easy to pay a mortgage off that's hundreds of thousands of dollars I know and it's kind of slack because sometimes you see those headlines how do you feel about those headlines that sometimes end up on smh or news channels where an 18 year old will say i bought my first house by working my butt off and then my dad gave me eighty thousand dollars or is now bought the house and gave it to me how do you feel about those misleading oh they just titles? pissed me off like surely they piss everyone off though it's like, great, like, I'm happy that you mm. bought a house, but also, like, I, I don't, I couldn't care less, because the fact is that, you know, you're, you're living off of daddy's credit card, and I'm so proud of you for starting your own startup, and all of that, but also, the rest of us here are on struggle straight, so no one really cares. yeah listen it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit it doesn't mm, I, I i the privilege itself is the privilege in having that happen is so just luck based and good for you but also when news stations present just that line where they say oh this person worked their butt off and really they yeah and i think it's also the fact that like cost of living is increasing and instead of being like yeah you know the government is doing a really shitty job of dealing with it or the fact that there should be more support it's like oh well you're not working hard enough this person worked so 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 hard so much harder than you that they bought their own house now if you work that hard you could do that too and there are so many reasons that mm. somebody wouldn't do that first of all like some of us just don't have the resources Second, there's like disabilities 
third there's just systems that prevent us from actually even working sometimes like if you're in certain visas or um if your job won't give you certain shifts like all of those things are a promotion mm. um because of your race or gender whatever whatever like those things also affect how much money you make and that's never talked about huh Where, where's the where's the headline on that mm. yeah 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 totally totally I think something that I have kind of heard a lot during this cost of living crisis is how we have uh, did you see that clip of Taylor Swift the eggs where we are okay no i think okay no that was okay so you know how taylor swift has easter eggs as well in like her music videos and stuff i think i genuinely think she got confused but the price the way that the way the person said it was like oh like i'm sure your fans or something could help like raise the price of eggs and like yeah maybe she should have been on the in on the note i'm not gonna like defend taylor swift okay like whatever um but it's also just a bit like okay like our own politicians don't know the cost of fucking bread right like i'm not gonna expect taylor swift to um no they don't and uh, the average senator i believe or politician established politician in parliaments their pay starts from exactly thousand dollars a year which in itself is crazy yeah so vasha i feel like i've pecked you enough with questions about pecked me i've pecked you i had another word for it <laughs> that sounds so like, strange what is the word pecked what? bothered you i don't know but yeah just hate talking to you i just yeah it's not enjoyable she doesn't really talk to me yeah often. and so we have a podcast yeah exactly anyways yeah sorry so my question is because you've done, you've taken the big step, which I'm very proud of you for, what has been the most rewarding aspect of living independently? Oh, um, there's been a lot of things. I think, um, there's like a sense of freedom in scheduling. Like, I don't need to think about another person necessarily. Like, obviously, I'm living with people, but it's a little bit different because it's still, like, your own space. Um, and then I would also say that, yeah, I feel like scheduling's been one of the biggest ones. And then also there's a sense of, like, just, like, ownership and autonomy over the space that you have that is very different. Um anything I've had before even though I was like given like lots of freedoms and all of that um but yeah just like being able to have like friends over as well like little things like that like very like privileged things to say like oh I could just call my friends over to my place but it's genuinely like little moments like that um I'm also a lot closer to things that I need to be closer to so like uni and work 10 times closer to that um which saves me a lot of money on transport which has been very nice um and also just makes going to those places more enjoyable because I know that I'm not trekking it like however long each way um 
and yeah and I think just keep being given like space and the time to kind of grow has been very nice um and has also just been a little bit difficult in time in terms of like lots of changes and lots of lots more time given to yourself I think which is quite different um yeah hmm So then, what are the biggest challenges? Besides, obviously, the financial aspect can be immensely irritating to deal with. But besides the whole monetary aspect of it, have there been mm. any, you know, emotional side effects? Or just learning oh, to yeah. readjust? Yeah, no, there's a reason we haven't recorded an episode in a few weeks. <laughs> um... It's been a lot emotionally. It's not been great. Um, and I've like talking to other people, just realizing that it's quite normal. There's been a lot of laying in bed, um, which I didn't think would happen because I was like, oh, now like I'm living in the city now. Like I'm gonna be able to go out. I'm gonna be able to like get things done and blah 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 blah. It's been the exact opposite. I think, like I remember, I think the f- first or second day that. I moved in, I skipped a uni class because I was so tired and just slept. Um, and then ended up seeing some friends that night who came over and helped me build all my stuff. So that. Um, and yeah, so I would say emotionally, like extremely challenging. Um, it has not been the best, but definitely lots of growth. And then that's been good in some ways because I've been like taking ownership over like starting to you know like getting an appointment with a psych or like getting things like routine blood tests done all of that because I'm like oh like my health takes priority I feel like I have more time and brain space to think about those things but the amount of time and brain space I have to think about things like work and uni has definitely decreased and it's something I'm struggling with but you know I'm just giving myself time um, and th- this is just very ranty, um, but overall, I'm going to say the best thing about moving out, I, I've really realised, like, how incredible the people I'm surrounded are by, like, housemates, great, like, friends, relationships in my life, partner, that kind of thing, really great, and I think it's made me appreciate that a lot more um, than I would have if I hadn't moved out. So, yeah, that's that. <laughs> I think something, just as you were talking about, sort of taking care of yourself personally and medically I feel like I have experienced the impacts of the cost or the rising cost of living mm. when I look firsthand at the exponential increase in the cost of healthcare. now I don't know if you've experienced this yes but yeah actually yeah you have we've talked about this from memory um during uh, I want to say Jennifer August to even August to February just this little period that couple of month period the premium increase increases for health insurance so much like I don't pay it and I'm very lucky and grateful that my mother pays for my health insurance but you'd think for Medibank you know, who sold all my, not sold, but, you know, who compromised all my data and, 
ended up on the dark web or wherever people's stuff ended up on. You'd think that they would have at least given us benefits or helped us in some way, but the premium increases are still there. And then of course there's the out-of-pocket costs that have gotten way more expensive and I've realized that when my mother would pay for me, for example, buying my creams or my even my physical like oral meds, it has risen by three, four dollars. And that doesn't seem like a lot, but the three, four dollar increase has happened within a span of 12 to 16 months from memory. I remember it being a couple of dollars cheaper. And I look at that in retrospect and I think, is that just going to keep happening? Am I going to end up paying $45 for, you know, corticosteroid cream that I need because I'm living with, you know, atopic dermatitis that is one of the most lifelong skin conditions that you have to maintain? Or is my uh, medicine for my autoimmune disease going to keep getting more expensive? And while I'm very grateful that my family sometimes covers these costs for me, I've actually started paying for stuff more, way more. And it can be so expensive. I've probably lost maybe, I don't know, just over, just specialist appointments, endocrinologists and stuff. I've probably lost maybe, I want to say a thousand or more dollars. Just, oh my god, okay. Just yeah. just based off of that period where I had to uh, like deal with my thyroid issue. Yeah. Because bulk billing yeah. exists, yes. Bulk billing exists and I'm very grateful that we have mm-hmm. Medicare. So grateful we for universal healthcare. You do not know how much I appreciate it. But it's still a lot of money. Uh, oftentimes when I was really sick when I was younger... My parents would pay $400 for a specialist appointment and they got some money back, but still, it's just insane. And that has probably, it has, from my experience, risen just a bit more, whether it be because of the cost of living crisis, whether it be because uh, doctors are now more qualified, whatever it be, it I get concerned because I'm wondering if it's going to be feasible and if it's just going to keep going up. Yeah, and I think a lot of the times people are like, oh, you know, don't buy avocados or don't go buy your coffee or something. But at the end of the day, no one is going to be able to save for a house or be able to pay for $400 specialist appointments, things that they have to do or like things that, you know, you need to do um, by just skimping out on those things like their life life sucks sometimes and Mm -hmm. I need my coffee like at the end of the day it's literally as simple as that as As much as I agree that I especially now have started doing really small things just to save money I don't need to buy that eight dollar bubble tea every time I go out I don't as much as I want Mm -hmm. it but sometimes I do want it and the equivalent of saying as much as there is validity in it saying you don't need to buy that bubble tea. You don't need to buy that mocha from the expensive coffee and shop and pimble. I understand, but this is the exact equivalent of saying you don't need to just stop using plastic straws, stop eating meat, when really there are multi-billion dollar corporations at hand 
that are contributing to carbon emissions, that are contributing to the worsening of climate change. You know what I mean? It's as much as personal change as we can make ourselves. Sometimes the onus and the responsibility is too heavy on the individual. And I know with the economy, it's completely out of our hand. Interest rates are going up. Supply chains are slowing down. Completely out of our hands. But sometimes it is just a lot to put things on a person because you know what sometimes I want my seven dollar coffee and that is okay yeah and I also think it's just unfair to make those claims when you're up against a system that will always um favor people who already have inheritance and that kind of thing Mm. or you know people who are white and straight and male so it's just it's just frustrating like oh you're gonna really tell me off about avocado toast when you have all this you know just have a lot more behind you than most people do um and just on that bulk billing so I got pretty sick like last week and the week before it was just like I think I had something similar to bronchitis or whatever and like really needed to go to a doctor um but most of the doctors around me bulk bill and even the doctor where I used to live um that one bulk bills on weekends and so like I needed to go to a doctor on a Saturday and I was like like I just really need to go to a doctor like I'm not feeling well like this is not good um and the it just took me forever to find a doctor that would bulk bill Mm, um yeah and like for however long that, you know, I've lived in Australia, I've always been to bulk billing doctors. Like, there, it's never been a second thought. Like, have never been on... Uh, I think, like, maybe when I was younger, private health insurance was a thing in my family. But, like, after that, like, have never used private health insurance or anything. Um, and it's always been bulk billing. Bulk billing's done the job pretty well. Um, minus, like, maybe a couple appointments here and there. So this was probably, like one of the first times that I'd have to be like that I really was like I just need to go and get like a cold and cough kind of situation checked out because I don't know what's going on because this feels worse than one of those normal ones um and I'd like held off on visiting the doctor for a little bit as well and finally was like I just need to go and looking them up and feeling so sick like realizing that all of them were bulk billing like I don't even have it that bad so in the case of like actually having a disability and actually having all of those things it's far more difficult and so it's not even like a $20 gap right it's it's a hundred it's like more than a hundred dollars and especially when you're starting to pay rent or like even if you're not paying rent like money is money like you don't want to be paying that much to go and get a fucking cold checked out like you're gonna give me eight dollar antibiotics honestly at the end of the day like what is happening Mm. here yeah there's also the occasion that I experienced where even when you need to get, you know, a really important appointment, sometimes they're just not bulk billed and you have to pay in whole. And I found that very difficult because bulk billing is offered quite widely in Australia, which once again, very grateful for, but there are still some things that aren't bulk billed. And while I understand that, you know, everywhere works differently. I've found that I had bulk billing doctors more in Western Sydney when I lived there than I do up Mm. north. And I'm not sure if I'm just making that assumption based on the experience and sort of my 
uh, what's the word? I, I like living in the Western Sydney better than I do in the Northern suburbs, but I've realized that there are just little differences. Obviously things are more expensive here, but I've realized that not many places in my area bulk bill. Did you ever have that problem here? Um, in the North Shore, I found that was something that started to happen. Mm-hmm. So the GP that I was like two streets from never used to um, charge, but then they started having, they started charging on weekend appointments, which I feel like is when most people go to the doctor. Like I know for me, um, like going on a weekday was always just a little bit trickier because especially now, like if I was still living um, with my family, it would be a thing of, okay, I'm working all these days and I have uni all these days and I need to figure out when I'm actually going to have time Mm. in between the commute and everything. Mm. So I probably wouldn't be able to go on a weekday or if it was a weekday, it'd have to be like 7.30 and sometimes they're not open then. So yeah, I found that in the North Shore and I'm also finding that in the city that most places don't uh bulk bill especially if you're a new patient so you're gonna you'll you'll have to pay the 180 or whatever for your first appointment and from there on they do um but I did I kept doing some research and I did find one that bulk bills and now I'm just like really attached to that place and I'm like I'm not leaving you so (laughs) went and got my blood test done there went and got like my appointment and everything I needed um yeah so like I I think that once you find it, just like a grab on for dear life yeah, and don't and let just go. <laughs> establish yourself as an existing patient and do not leave. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I think also the bulk billing, the whole bulk billing or a place no longer bulk billing, unfortunately, I feel over the last decade or so, because I've always been a frequent visitor of GPs and specialists and doctors in general since I was young mostly because I've always had a topic dermatitis all my life I had epilepsy at one point I also have an autoimmune condition so I'm fun and I do a lot of doctor's appointments obviously it has gotten less as I've gotten older but I found that in the last decade or so the Medicare rebate itself actually has not kept pace with inflation and the rising expenses Mm. in in GPs in general practice so that means sometimes medicare rebate as the sole you know means of reimbursement you know if i pay 300 sometimes i get 150 to 180 back but because of the inflation reimbursement is no longer accepted or part of their service and it's sad and it's hard for a lot of people i've walked and driven past so many places in my area that but may bulk bill but they only bulk bill for seniors or they say we no longer bulk bill and Mm. i thought it was a geographical thing because my old area bulk billed in two or three different gps that i would go to and when i came here not only was it a bit of a culture shock and just a shock in general because i lived at this one place my whole life but everything was so much more expensive Mm-mm. yeah i i definitely haven't had a lot of the difficulties that you've been through tr so like that's a completely different ball game and yeah it, it's like the system is fucked i'm just saying the obvious here and i feel like because of cost of living and everything increasing there's like this urge almost to hold 
to hold things in until they get really bad and I find that with like psychologists and everything like that it's almost just like well do you really need it do you really need to pay do you really need to do this because finding bulk billing psychologists that actually specialize in what you need incredibly difficult I haven't been able to find when I've been looking and looking yeah, so. me yeah no literally like <laughs> I'm asking for a POC psychologist who th- looks into eating disorders apparently doesn't exist or costs heaps of money um and it's like I'm not willing to pay like $280 because at the end of the day the Medicare rebate is also pretty shit sometimes like let's be real like <laughs> the dental the dental fee the the physio fee the fee for specialist appointments like all of those are shockingly expensive when there are things that when there are things that you actually need like you can't live without them so why are you so expensive <laughs> they are so expensive and also i don't actually know how much like the people being employed get paid a lot of the times like I understand with certain professions obviously they do get paid but then with other ones I'm like are you even being paid but where is this money going to and like it just yeah lots of questions lots of questions I do get really Mm, I don't know I I also found it because my sister lives in the area as well and in the area I lived in, almost every, or the area I used to live in, almost every era medical centre did not bulk bill until she said, no, oh, this one place bulk bills, let's all go there. And I was like, okay, sick. <laughs> um, mm. And sort of that move away from that, uh, I just, it, it's really hard. It is very hard because that is one of the things that I've had to deal with a lot and it's an expense that, doesn't get cheaper yeah I think that's the thing because not only do you know that you need this to just live and function but you also know that this isn't something that is necessarily going to decrease over time like it's not this um once in a lifetime investment right it's not like I think obviously mortgages and housing is is like a shit situation right now the housing crisis yeah it's definitely a thing um but I also think with like a mortgage you know that there's a finality or you know that there's certainty in you know being able to pay it off maybe I don't know now it's probably hard to even pay off a mortgage and all but with health conditions it's like you know that this is lifelong like this is not going to end and the fact that not only I remember once okay this is just a throwback but once when I was younger I was at a hospital and I was going through a really 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 bad eczema time so I was on so much prednisone and prednisone is a steroid that people are given really bad Side effects, but also a very good drug. So fluid retention, which can also lead to heart problems, potentially, if you take them for too long. You can have trouble sleeping, your face will bloat, your abdomen will bloat, you gain weight, you get irregular periods, your skin starts thinning and drying, your muscles cramp, your periods get irregular, just all of that stuff. Terrible drug, hated a lot. I remember sitting in a hospital 
I was on prednisone. I'd had enough of eczema and I just wanted it to go away. I was looking for every possible avenue. No creams worked, no naturopath, nothing worked. So I was looking into getting or possibly being eligible health-wise to take something called methotrexate, which is something used to treat cancer, autoimmune diseases, and atopic pregnancies because it essentially, from my understanding, it reduces pain and swelling and actually slows down your immune system over time. So, and it's not really, it, it's also a very high alert drug. So when I was taking it, I also needed to take another thing, another drug in conjunction with it called folic acid. And I was sitting in this hospital room waiting to get this drug and get this approval and I asked this doctor I'm not even sure if she was my doctor she was just there if my eczema would ever get better and she said no it's lifelong and I just cried yeah. <laughs> and my, I think my mum and sister were there and I was like I have to have this my have to look like this my entire life I have to pay for medicine my entire life it was terrible it was one of the most depressing moments of my life and I know that sounds probably very minuscule it is minuscule to me at least in comparison to now but I remember being so upset because lifelong medical conditions are lifelong yes there may be periods where they're inflammatory there may be periods where that your condition is so maintained that you don't realize it is there but for that nurse or doctor, whoever she was, to tell me that my condition was lifelong and I would have to be spending money on making sure I was okay and I would have to be avoiding certain foods to keep my body just regular and not inflame my skin, it made me cry. I, I didn't... I was so upset. So, you know, having a bit more perspective now and being in my early 20s and starting to be more independent, I am, like, significantly aware of just how on the ball you need to be with being an adult and saving money and knowing your body and taking care of yourself. Yeah. It's a big thing. Experiencing all those emotions... And everything all at once is just a lot. And I think knowing that something is lifelong just makes it ten times harder. I don't even know what to say. I feel like you summed it up perfectly and, like, that's just such a shit situation that you've been put in. I'm sorry. Mm. One of my friends said to me, it's actually pretty funny, but I was, I posted about my autoimmune disease because... Selena Gomez was another story, but Selena Gomez was on prednisone as well, and she had a puffy face because of it. And there were a lot of comments online about her appearance, and that made me upset. So I started posting about how I used to look and my journey with prednisone, and everyone was saying, "Oh, you know, I was so brave," and all of these other really, really nice things. But then one of my friends said, "Uh." Yeah, I saw your story. I can't believe God just nerfed you like that. And I was like, you know what? I actually don't feel bad anymore because that was kind of funny. But, okay, that's yeah. slightly fucked. Sorry. 
No, I think it's funny. But only oh, because okay. of the relationship we have. He was like, damn, God really nerfed you like that. I was like, yeah, you know what? He did. <laughs> he really did. I think that was great what you posted because whenever it's a celebrity, I'm always a bit like, eh, yeah, that feels a little distant. And then when you actually see people in real life who you have a connection to posting about that, it, it's always like, not, oh my God, I'm so sorry you stuck with that. But like, oh, this is like real shit that people actually deal with. Um, yeah, and it can take Yeah, for sure. Know. And... Yeah, I don't know. What what kind of response do you look for when you post things like that? Because I always find it a bit like like how how would you want somebody to respond? Like is is funny the way to go and obviously depends on the relationship you have. But what what works? Like is it oh I'm sorry or oh yeah, the system's fucked. Like what do you want to hear? I think when I post stuff like that, I don't necessarily look for a response. It's always nice to get people saying nice things it makes me feel less alone and as if people may have an understanding of it now or be aware of these certain conditions but that's really what I post about it for because I went my entire childhood going through all of these medical conditions and I could not find anyone to familiarize with me and I never talked about it I just lived with very prominent symptoms like a puffy face, my asymmetry, how I easily gain weight, how I can't eat certain foods, how I get uh, reactants to things in the air such as pollutants that I can't see or can't clock during certain weather. I just lived with it for so long that I started post when I posted about it I wasn't necessarily defending Selena Gomez. I found someone who I could relate to, but I couldn't, like you were saying. She is a celebrity. She has all of these avenues of aid. She has the money to try out all of these new therapies, all of these new medicines, all of these new alternative methods of treatment, and I don't, but I am a regular person that has gone through the struggle, and if there are people that relate to me, I would like to be friends with them, or at least, like, extend the olive branch and let people know they aren't alone but when people do respond in a funny way they're either my friends I don't think I've had anyone respond in a rude way yet yes <laughs> yeah and I mean I feel like you shouldn't because that's yeah mm. yeah that's bad, that's bad. <laughs> that's really but yeah so cost of living is fun health issues are fun um great times hope you're all okay <laughs> God. Um yeah. Should we should we wrap it up? Yes please. Guys, if you made it to the end, thank you for listening. Let us know what you thought of this episode and hit us up on Instagram at N2BCPod to give us suggestions on what we should talk about next or to give us comment on what you think about the current episode and what we talked about today. Have a good day, stay safe and